The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. December 15th, 2016. Thank you very much for listening and for holiday shopping through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. I have to say I'm really enjoying this new longer weekly format. The main reason is things are happening so fast now, it's a head-spinning task to keep up. Taking things a week at a time truly does a better job of chewing it into something small enough to swallow and still come away full, and hopefully with a better understanding of what it all means in total. Thanks, too, to the overwhelming number of you who've said you like it, too. It's been another head-spinning week. Here's the picture this week painted. First, from our not-so-fast department, a new report says it was former KGB agent Russian President Vladimir Putin who personally ordered the leaking of Russian-hacked emails that hurt Hillary Clinton and helped Donald Trump. NBC News cites U.S. intelligence officials for that bombshell just two days after the Washington Post reported the CIA thinks Russia meddled in the election not to thwart democracy, but to get Trump elected. And there is reportedly evidence Trump knew what the Russians were up to when he jokingly encouraged them to hack Hillary Clinton's emails at one of his campaign rallies. Even Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell wants an investigation of Russia's efforts to manipulate the presidential election in favor of the man who would select Putin's friend as Secretary of State. Mitch McConnell and John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and other Republican luminaries now want that investigation, McConnell emphasizing, quote, Russia is not our friend. The call for an investigation first came from Democrats in Congress, so they are apparently not entirely powerless after all. Last week, President Obama ordered a full review of Russian hacking the CIA says was aimed at helping Trump by hurting Clinton. The intelligence experts say they have profound evidence of this claim. Even many key Republicans believe the Russians were behind the hacking of Democratic websites and the leaking of emails that embarrassed the Clinton camp, but they say they don't know if we're talking about rogue hackers or Russian government operatives. The CIA says it is the Russian government. Donald Trump, meanwhile, unlike his fellow Republicans, doesn't believe the CIA, which is why Trump says he skipped 17 of his first 21 briefings. Quoting Trump, I'm like a smart person. I don't need to be told the same things every day for eight years. This from the same man who says he's smarter than the generals, but still tapped a record number of them for roles in his administration, defense, homeland security, and national security. The fact is 17 U.S. government agencies agree that the Russian government worked to influence this election and Trump doesn't believe and indicates he won't be listening to any of them. These are the same people, said Trump, that said Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, adding, the election ended a long time ago. It's now time to move on and make America great again. Trump also claimed it was, quote, one of the biggest electoral college victories in history. It wasn't. Once again, Mr. Trump and the facts were in disagreement. Trump won the electoral college vote by two states. He calls the CIA's blame assignment to Russia ridiculous and more whining from sour grapes Democrats. Trump says it may not have been Russia, quoting him, could be China, and it could be some guy in his home in New Jersey. Mitch McConnell says the Senate will investigate the Russian angle. McConnell and many others may still believe in American intelligence. Democrats, meanwhile, are also calling for an investigation into the role of FBI Director James Comey, 
and throwing the election just a few days before the vote. What Comey did, they believe, helped make Russia's efforts actually succeed. Now, 55 members of the Electoral College say they want an intelligence briefing before they cast their votes for president on Monday. It is the Electoral College that ultimately decides the election, so Trump's win isn't official yet. And although the Electoral College doesn't normally deviate from the November results, its members can change their votes for reasons including national security. 54 of the Democratic electors and one Republican have signed a letter asking the head of the National Intelligence Agency to get them a briefing before that Monday meeting. It's expected they will get that briefing, especially in view of Trump's relationship with Russia and the CIA claim that Russia interfered with our election for the sole purpose of pushing Donald Trump over the top. The Electoral College constitutionally is supposed to review whether the apparent winner is fit to serve as president. Now, at least 55 of the 270 electors want to hear why he might not be. That's enough to switch the outcome of the election, especially since the electors are from 13 states, including Texas. And other Electoral College members may sign on. The signatures on the letter grew from 10 to 55 just from Tuesday to Wednesday. Hillary Clinton beat Trump by nearly 3 million votes, 2.8 million now. In the meantime, no man can serve two masters— So saith Matthew in his book of the Christian New Testament, which doesn't often get quoted here, except when it's the gospel truth. Donald Trump, who previously said he can be president of his country and his company at the same time, has put off till next month the news conference he said he'd have this week to talk about separating his new day job from his old one. Now he says it'll be in January. He didn't say whether it would be before or after January 20th. Like a lot of government things with which Trump is totally unfamiliar, untying that unholy conflict of interest knot is a bit more complicated than he'd thought. His lawyers are busy sorting out Trump's real estate and stocks and bonds and holdings and other investments, hoping to help the man who also still produces TV's celebrity apprentice figure out what he can keep and what he must let go, and to whom it goes. Outside the Trump camp, it's almost universally agreed he has to create a blind trust instead of handing the business to his children whose ears stay close to his lips. And that's why it's taking six weeks instead of the two Trump originally promised when observers blew the whistle on the fact that the billionaire is already making money off winning a U.S. presidential election. As cited here last week, foreign governments and organizations are filling the bookings in the hotel near the White House that Trump operates in a building he leases from the federal government he now runs, or would soon. A lease the General Services Administration says Trump has to give up the day he takes office. Trump's lease says no elected official can be party to that lease. But even Trump can't wait another month for his lawyers. Monday night, he tweeted that he had made his decision that Trump would turn his business over to his sons, one of whom has been deeply involved in the transition and who have each other's ears. Yet another presidential pronouncement by social media made unfiltered and without looking Americans in the eye. But Trump started the week on Fox News Channel saying, quote, I'm not going to have anything to do with the management. But he began that sentence with the word essentially, meaning in essence rather than literally, In the meantime, Trump's adult children continue to work in both the family business and the country's business. They all continue to serve two masters, a practice, no matter what Trump says, has to stop on January 20th. 
Although he does look smarter in glasses, former Texas Governor Rick Perry is the same guy who, in a debate, forgot one of the three government agencies he said he'd eliminate if he were elected president. It was the moment that took Perry out of the running for the Republican nomination just over four years ago, back when he called Donald Trump a barking carnival act. But in that debate, Perry listed two of the agencies he would eliminate if he were in the job that Trump has now. He'd do away with the Department of Education, for starters, and the Commerce Department. The one he couldn't remember was the Energy Department, which is, of course, in Trump land, the agency he'll be running. President-elect Trump has chosen his forgetful former enemy to run a department that both of them want to decimate, the department that, to some degree, keeps big oil companies from running amok. That could change under a former oil state governor. And speaking of big oil, the head of ExxonMobil's been chosen as our new Secretary of State. What makes that selection disturbing to many is Rex Tillerson's longtime business partnership and friendship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Tillerson and Putin are in the oil business together, and with Tillerson as Secretary of State, the sanctions to punish Russia for invading Ukraine would likely go away, and Tillerson and his big oil company would make hundreds of billions of dollars. As will Russia, and by default, Vladimir Putin. Of course, the Secretary of State has to deal with many countries, not just Russia. That's worth noting, too, since Tillerson has no experience in government diplomacy, which is a world apart from business negotiation. Trump, who has businesses in two dozen countries, describes Tillerson as a world-class player and dealmaker. Senator John McCain and other Republican lawmakers are flabbergasted that Trump would choose a man so close to Vladimir Putin. One common concern about Trump's choices for the secretaries of state and energy is about humankind's damage to the environment and to the climate and the very existence of the planet. In that Fox News appearance Sunday, Trump again said he's open-minded about climate change he also uttered a phrase that sucked the breath out of concerned citizens and scientists around the world. Nobody really knows, said Trump, if climate change is real. He'd said in the campaign that climate change is a hoax created by China to mess with American businesses. The incoming president believes the verdict is still out on science already accepted by the overwhelming majority of the world's climatologists. Trump, who's also considering pulling the U.S. out of the worldwide commitment to slow man-made climate change, has also made, meanwhile, the appointment I reported last week of Oklahoma Attorney General Scott Pruitt to head the Environmental Protection Agency. Pruitt would be running the very agency he's now suing, an agency he believes shouldn't even exist. And more firmly than Trump, Pruitt completely denies the existence of climate change. Former Navy SEAL and freshman Republican Senator Ryan Zinke of Montana ran on a platform of U.S. energy independence. Now he'll run the Interior Department, which oversees oil and gas exploration and Native American affairs. But Trump has promised to solve the Dakota pipeline dispute once he takes office. He has not yet said what solve means, but Trump's previously said he favors the pipeline to continue along its original route, along the northern border of the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. And then there's the questionnaire the Trump transition team sent to the Energy Department, ominously asking for the names of scientists who'd been involved in climate change studies. The Trump camp says that letter got out by accident. It sent the government's climate scientists into a panic, though. They are now reportedly dumping their science onto non-government computers so it can be preserved in case, as they worry, the Trump regime tries to bury or destroy that research.
all is not lost. Microsoft's Bill Gates has set up a billion-dollar fund with 28 other investors to fight climate change through advances in clean energy. And now, nearly a year after that announcement, the innovation quest has begun. Among the other investors, Amazon's Jeff Bezos and Virgin's Richard Branson. To run the U.S. intelligence agency, Trump's chosen another former rival, Carly Fiorina. At least, she's his top pick, the last we've heard. Fiorina's background and her connections in the tech industry might actually come in handy. She ran Hewlett-Packard for a while, and she is tough. To run the Small Business Administration, a woman who speaks for big business and favors corporate tax cuts that will never trickle down as more jobs or higher wages. Pro-wrestling executive Linda McMahon, like Trump, favors lower corporate taxes. Married to wrestling promoter Vince McMahon, she spent $100 million, unsuccessfully, to try to land a Senate seat in Connecticut. Fun fact, for lack of a better term, TV's Donald Trump once took on TV's Vince McMahon in WWE's Battle of the Billionaires. Trump beat McMahon both bouts. Having won the bet, Trump got to shave McMahon's head afterward. The president-elect is now a member of the WWE's Hall of Fame, which is nice. Andy Puzder will run the Labor Department. That's intriguing since, as a CEO, he controls the jobs of well over 100,000 people who work at his Hardee's and Carl's Jr.'s. He's against raising the minimum wage, of course, like Trump. He also believes Obamacare has hurt the burger business and others because fewer people, he says, have the money to dine out. And he won't likely protect the respect of women in the workforce, considering his Carl's Jr.'s ads, which feature women seductively eating drippy burgers while wearing very small bikinis. Quoting Puzder, I like beautiful women eating burgers in bikinis. It's very American, he says. More about the American dream after this. Well, now the countdown is really on. Christmas and Hanukkah are just about 10 days away. But it's easy to please this holiday season with gifts for everyone at Sherry's Berries. First, please yourself by taking the stress out of shopping and please everyone on your list without even starting your car. I've tasted Sherry's Berries more than once and loved them. My stepmom raves about the ones I've sent her. Sherry's Berries are huge, fresh, sweet, and juicy. Sherry's Berries are, in a word, decadent. Dipped in chocolatey coatings of milk, dark, or white, topped with swizzles, chopped nuts, or chocolatey chips. Irresistible and perfect for sharing and entertaining. And not just berries. Sherry's now has delicious seasonal treats. And they arrive on the day you choose, fresh and on time, guaranteed. And because you listen to this free news, you can give these treats starting at just $19.99. As one of my listeners, you'll save over 30%. Just go to the upper right corner of berries.com and enter the code R-E-L-M next to the microphone icon. That's berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S, and use the code RELM. Even with time running out, you'll find something for everyone and give valuable support to Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Continuing on the subject of labor, a new study says it isn't a dream that the American dream is disintegrating. The study says half the people born in the 80s make more money than their parents. That's way, way down from the 92% of people born in the 1940s. It's called income mobility, an economist term for the opportunity to make more money. It's the lack of income fairness that has left the younger adults today without the opportunities afforded their parents and grandparents. 
The study says it isn't the slowdown in gross domestic product, as many have speculated. It's the disappearance of income fairness. The only state where kids from the 80s had a 62% chance at making more than their parents was Washington, D.C., home to government and Democratic voters who support income fairness. A moment here to say a word or two about a few of the people who got passed over by Mr. Trump as he puts together his cabinet. The first is another former rival of Trump's who also had bitter words about the next president. Mitt Romney, who allowed himself to be paraded before the cameras for a couple of weeks before losing the Secretary of State job, couldn't be more gracious. Romney says it was an honor to be considered. He has to be gracious, and the meetings must have paid off, because Romney's niece will now be the new head of the Republican National Committee. Mitt Romney will be just fine. And then there's 2016 sad sack, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, the once rising star soiled by a bridge-clogging stunt forced out of the presidential race in which he too had slammed Trump and then serving at Trump's feet throughout the rest of the campaign. Christie seemed to have a promising future in the Trump administration, getting tagged at first as the head of the transition team. But Christie is disliked by parts of the Trump family the parts he went after as a New Jersey prosecutor. And then there was that bridge thing about which Christie still has to testify in court. Christie's future is less rosy. But Christie and Romney are part of a growing list of rivals Trump's considered for key government jobs, along with Rick Perry and Carly Fiorina. Also left in the cold, though, former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, losing his shot at Secretary of State or any other job in the cabinet. Trump says Giuliani would still likely play a key role in the new administration, which is due to begin in just 41 days. In Virginia Beach, Virginia, a waitress of Filipino descent got stiffed on a tip by a consumer who wrote in the tip line on the receipt, nah, and on the other receipt he wrote, build that wall, Trump daddy. Not only have racists, including white supremacists, been emboldened by the election of Donald Trump, so have the anti-abortion groups. But they don't always win. In Oklahoma, the state Supreme Court there has thrown out a law that would have required clinic doctors to have hospital admitting privileges. As before, the anti-choice lawyers argued the law protects women's health, and pro-choice lawyers argued that it puts an undue burden on women seeking to exercise their constitutional right. Pro-choice won this one, but the fight is far from over since Trump's promise to nominate only anti-choice judges to the U.S. Supreme Court, which will have the final say. In the meantime, the battles continue to be fought at the state level. Oklahoma is now considering requiring anti-abortion signs in the restrooms of schools, hotels, hospitals, even restaurants and nursing homes. The signs are due to go up January 2018 at a cost of two and a third million dollars. Meanwhile, back in Ohio, Governor John Kasich was under pressure from both sides over two bills to restrict reproductive rights, one to ban abortion after 20 weeks, another after six, even in cases of rape or incest. In the end, Kasich vetoed the six-week heartbeat bill but signed the 20-week limit, a law that would likely be upheld by a Trump-selected Supreme Court and similar to a law already up in 15 other states. In Texas, that state's being sued over its new rule requiring embryonic tissue to be buried or cremated alongside people who were actually born. Texas's governor signed the bill saying it was needed to, quote, respect the sanctity of life. In Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio, and elsewhere, those against women's reproductive rights are feeling their oats. Fake news update. 
One of the unfortunate people who believe internet lies that support their gut are actual news has been arrested for threatening the father of a kindergartner killed at Sandy Hook. Lucy Richards of Central Florida has been arrested by the feds for making menacing threats across state lines. She's among the possibly millions of undereducated Americans who believe the fake news they read on social media. In this case, that the Sandy Hook massacre of innocent children never happened, that it was dreamed up for the political fight over gun safety and gun rights. Lenny Posner had moved from Connecticut to Florida after losing his child, the youngest, to die at that elementary school, along with 19 other children and six adults. And he then bravely took on those who believed the thing that they read that they wanted to believe. And for his opposition for their certain conspiracy, he became a target. Lucy Richards had taken it a step further, going online to send four threatening messages, including, You're going to die. Death is coming to you real soon. She's now facing up to five years in prison for each of the various charges she faces. Lenny Posner will continue his battle against fake news, this story in particular, along with you and me. Vice President Joe Biden's moonshot against cancer just got nearly $2 billion to work on cures after losing his son, Beau, to cancer. It's part of the 21st Century Cures Act signed into law by President Obama after Democrats and Republicans joined together to support this bill. The bill also means more money for the Department of Health and Human Services and the National Institutes of Health, and it means new drugs and medical devices will get to market more quickly. The bill also makes it easier for drug companies and device companies to slip money to doctors to promote their products. Sometimes there's a compromise on the way to getting what you need. In the meantime, prepare to get sick or prepare to be surrounded by sick people. As the flu vaccine closes in on perfection, fewer than half of us got our shot this year. And flu season is here now. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it could spread through shops and offices and on to customers, clients, and everyone's families. Or the kids will bring it home from school and here come the body aches, fever, chills, and a general preference for the sweet release of death. Only two out of five of us have gotten this year's flu shot. Only about a third of the kids got theirs and just 41% of the adults. That's down 3% from last year's miserable number. 71,000 of us went to hospitals with the flu last year, and 5 million of us suffered at home. Depending on the year, influenza kills between 3,000 and 48,000 Americans. That's every year. Quoting the CDC, too many people are unprotected. We have a tool to prevent it. In other health headlines, a study that says dieters should focus more on low-carb and less on the low-fat. Teen drug use has dropped to an all-time low, but the Surgeon General's called for a crackdown on teenage juice of e-cigarettes. Another new study from France claims daily pot smoking could adversely affect your vision, but that's not a surprising finding to those under fairly continuous influence. There have been no long-term studies. But other new studies show that Tai Chi is good for PTSD, yoga good for high blood pressure, that exercise is good for preventing and treating strokes, and that pets are good for our mental health. But then we kind of knew that. No more cutting? A skin cream may remove that basal cell carcinoma. It's called amiquamod, and it's working well in tests. It could mean no more Mohs procedures and no more excisions. This will make your skin crawl, literally. 
A new hydrogel is helping patients close their wounds by encouraging skin cells on one side of an incision to crawl toward others. This is especially good news for diabetes patients. A new cold cap seems to be working for breast cancer patients who don't want to lose their hair during chemotherapy. The patient wears the headgear at the doctor's office. The cool in the cap reduces blood flow to hair follicles, keeping the chemo drugs at that level to a minimum. It's already in use in Europe. It's just been approved by the FDA. Lastly, before the election, only 30% of us wanted to keep Obamacare. Today, that number is 43% and rising. Fewer than one in three Americans once Obamacare repealed, although that is the plan of Mr. Trump and the Republican Congress. In consumer tech news, Yahoo now says a hack three years ago compromised over a billion accounts, exposing email addresses, passwords, security questions, and birth dates and more. That's on top of the half billion accounts reported hacked just three months ago. This one is bigger, the biggest data breach of email ever. Yahoo users should change their password on Yahoo and anywhere else they use that password. Republicans and Democratic lawmakers have also joined together to approve the bots bill. When President Obama signs it as expected, the bots bill will outlaw software that gobbles up tickets to concerts and sporting events so they can be offered for resale at astronomical prices. Tickets scooped up en masse by robotic computers have made many events unaffordable to many families. And several models of Netgear routers have been flagged for being vulnerable to malicious software buried in sketchy websites. Security experts recommend you stop using the Netgear router altogether until you can get it fixed or replaced. Netgear has released a security patch for the affected routers, but experts say it may not be a permanent fix. Science. As it turns out, people have been vacationing every year on the Jersey Shore for hundreds of centuries. Archaeologists have found evidence that in Jersey, England, Neanderthals summered in giant caves in the granite cliffs of the island of Jersey. And the evidence show Neanderthals did that for 180,000 years. Archaeologists in Greece have apparently found a previously undiscovered ancient city. What was once thought to be a small settlement with more digging turned up a great unknown city that existed 500 years before Christ. And in Beijing, scientists have found a dinosaur's tail feathers preserved in amber. Dinosaur feathers have been found before, but never intact with bone and connective tissue. This beast of 99 million years ago didn't fly, but likely used the feathers for communication or just to keep cool. Now there are two. The population of jaguars in the continental United States is up to two. Scientists had thought we were down to the last jag when another was found on a trail in Arizona. Both jaguars are male. Their population was wiped out over the past hundred years by government programs to eliminate livestock predators. Often by accident, often on purpose, humans have killed a lot of animals since we began sharing this planet. We've killed more than half of them just since 1970. 58%, that's millions of birds, fish, mammals, reptiles, and amphibians. And if we keep up the pace, by the time 50 years has passed in 2020, we will have killed over two-thirds of the world's animals. Their survival depends largely on the condition of the air and the water that completes this ecosystem. It also depends on the amount of land we preserve for their use. Poaching, hunting, and fishing do their parts as well. 
Wildlife is disappearing at an unprecedented rate, says the head of the World Wildlife Fund. The WWF study says it's optimistic we can turn around this trend, but that right now, the math does not look good. Some fun stuff, Omar's movie preview, some Christmas stuff, and a tale from the home office in the final segment coming up. The holidays are great, except when it comes to finding the right gift, especially for men. For a guy gift that's both personal and practical, I recommend Harry's Winston Shave Set with a chrome handle. You can even get that handle engraved with his initials. The Winston set also includes three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges, each with a flex hinge, a lubricating strip, a trimmer blade, and a blade cover for travel. Plus, Harry's foaming shave gel that smells amazing. All in a very iPhone-type box, and for just 25 bucks. I could stop there, but it gets even better. $5 off that price because you listen to this show. You get Harry's Winston set with some top-shelf blades, a travel cover, and this great-smelling shave gel, all for just 20 bucks. But only if you use the code R-E-L-M when you check out with a Winston set at harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. For an even lower-priced gift, consider Harry's Truman set at 15 bucks, And for just $10, get Harry's starter kit, a great stocking stuffer, and a great gift for yourself. Of all the world's religions, there are more Christians in the U.S. than any of the other groups. They vote, and they're also less educated than people of other religions, according to a new study by Pew Research. And U.S. Christians are not just less educated than members of other faiths. They are far less educated. Jews are twice as likely to have college degrees, and Hindus are three times as likely. Muslims and Buddhists are also more educated than Christians in this country. But nearly a week after his passing, I'm just the latest to say Godspeed John Glenn. The iconic American astronaut died at the age of 95 this week in Ohio, where he'd also served as a respected senator. John Glenn joined the Army after the attack on Pearl Harbor, flew combat missions, and later joined NASA as a test pilot, ultimately becoming the first American to orbit the Earth. Four years ago, he told a Columbus, Ohio newspaper, I never got tired of flying. Also passing this past week, TV's Alan Thicke, the father of pop music singer Robin Thicke. The elder Thicke died this week at the age of 69 from a heart attack he suffered while playing ice hockey with his son Carter. Thick starred in Growing Pains and in his own late-night talk show. He also wrote the theme to Different Strokes and The Facts of Life. Also gone is Bernard Fox, who often played outraged British characters in comedies. Fox played Dr. Bombay on Bewitched. He was 89. And actor Van Williams, who played the Green Hornet, has died at the age of 82. Kirk Douglas, meanwhile, celebrated his 100th birthday. Here's your weekly movie preview from Realm Network Arts and Entertainment Editor Omar Latiri and brought to you by Fandango. Opening this weekend, December 16th, 2016, we have Collateral Beauty, a fantasy drama starring Will Smith as a man who questions the universe after a personal tragedy. The universe answers him through personified versions of love, time, and death. Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, and Helen Mirren also star. Rated PG-13. We also have Manchester by the Sea, a drama about an uncle who is forced to take care of his teenage nephew after the boy's father dies. Starring Casey Affleck and Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea is rated R. 
Also opening this weekend are two limited-release crime thrillers. First, there's Solace, starring Anthony Hopkins as a psychic who works with the FBI in order to hunt down a serial killer. Also, there's A Kind of Murder, starring Patrick Wilson and Jessica Biel in a movie where an adulterous man has an affair, his wife ends up dead, and he becomes the prime suspect. Both Solace and A Kind of Murder are rated R. For the more cultured cinephiles who like subtitles, we have Neruda, a light-hearted, heavily fictionalized telling of Nobel Prize-winning Chilean poet Pablo Neruda. Gael Garcia Bernal plays an anti-communist government agent who chases the beloved poet. Rated R. And finally, what so many have been waiting for, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Taking place before 1977 Star Wars Episode IV A New Hope, Rogue One tells the story of how the Rebel Alliance acquired the plans of the first Death Star. Starring an all-star diverse cast, including Felicity Jones, Forrest Whitaker, and Diego Luna, Rogue One is rated PG-13. For Buzzbur Bank News and Comment, I'm Omar Latiri. For theaters and showtimes, previews, tickets, and so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. And listen to Omar on his show, Arts Review and Commentary, right here at realmnetwork.com. The good news was that over the last 30 years or so, the number of people living in extreme poverty has been shrinking. But that trend could reverse thanks to global warming. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization is out with a report that points out that most of the world's poorest citizens farm to feed themselves. And when crops don't grow because of extreme heat, drought, extreme storms, or rising sea levels, they will go hungry. The report says we could be talking about anywhere from 35 million people to 122 million by the year 2030. And the changing climate could, of course, threaten the farmers who grow food for the rest of the world. The U.N. researchers say steps must be taken to protect the farmers, especially the small-scale ones. Now, as a holiday treat, here's a passage from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, chosen for its relevance to today's politics of liberals and conservatives. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, said the gentleman, taking up a pen, it is more than usually desirable that we should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly at the present time. Many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts, sir. Are there no prisons? asked Scrooge. Plenty of prisons, said the gentleman, laying down his pen. And the union workhouses, demanded Scrooge, are they still in operation? They are still, returned the gentleman. I wish I could say they were not. The treadmill and the poor law are in full vigor then, said Scrooge. Both very busy, sir. Oh, I was afraid from what you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course, said Scrooge. I'm very glad to hear it, returned the gentleman. A few of us are endeavoring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. We choose this time because it is a time of all others when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. What shall I put you down for? Nothing, Scrooge replied. You wish to be anonymous. I wish to be left alone, said Scrooge. Since you ask me what I wish, gentlemen, that is my answer. I help to support the establishments I have mentioned. They cost enough, and those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, said Scrooge, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Besides, excuse me, I don't know that. But you might know it, observed the gentleman. 
It's not my business, Scrooge returned. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Seeing it would be useless, clearly, to pursue their point, the gentleman withdrew. Scrooge resumed his labors with an improved opinion of himself and in a more facetious temper than usual. Thank you, Charles Dickens, and does any of this sound familiar? In Everett, Pennsylvania, a man identifying himself as Santa B. paid off every layaway at a Walmart, totaling more than $46,000. The balances were paid for 194 customers by someone they likely don't even know, proving once again there is a Santa Claus. Next week is the week leading up to Christmas. It's a week I was planning to take for myself anyway, but more time off has also become necessary because of a routine surgery next week. Nothing serious. I am and will be fine, but I'll need some recovery time. And since I traditionally take a break in the week between Christmas and New Year's, I'll be off that week as well. I know what you're thinking, and you're right. He just had two weeks off, and after three weekly shows, he's taking off again. I will return the following week, the first week of January, and although there will be other breaks in the future, I will try to um, work on my attendance. Thank you again for your patience and understanding. We have much to face in the days ahead, and it's my intention we face it together. A police officer went undercover in Portland, Oregon to make a black market buy from 25-year-old Pavel Kuzik. The officer was there to buy allegedly stolen goods. And once he made the buy, he made his arrest. The accused seller had the stuff. Legos. Big, expensive Lego sets stolen from a local superstore. And finally, from the home office in Florida, Miami Beat, the security video was rolling when a man broke into an exotic bird store and stole tens of thousands of dollars worth of racing pigeons. The security cameras were visible, but the thief was not. He entered, did his dirty work, and left wearing a bucket on his head and a trash bag over his clothes. The video shows he handled the birds roughly, either because he didn't care or because he had a bucket on his head and a trash bag over his clothes. People are crazy, says the store owner. I don't know what's going on here in Miami, he says. It's in Florida, my good man. It's in Florida. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, Florida and everywhere. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll return January 5th with another Buzz Burbank news and comments. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Here's this year's perfect stocking stuffer, earbuds and headphones from tweakedaudio.com, especially the new Hegon Sport earbuds. They're orange and gray with silicone caps to help them stay put. They're water-resistant, tangle-free, and come with a travel pouch so they're ready to go the distance. The Hegon Sport Buds have an inline mic, a gold-plated plug, and, of course, extra gels for your ears. All the other Tweaked Audio earbuds come in a range of styles, colors, and materials, including wood. Tweaked Audio products just sound better, specially designed to reduce outside noise. 
and you just can't beat the prices for this level of quality. You can even get buds in sets of two or three to save even more. And you can save an extra one-third off their already amazing prices when you check out with the code BBNC at tweakedaudio.com. They make the perfect gift, and Tweaked Audio provides free shipping anywhere in the world. Thank you for supporting this news through tweakedaudio.com.